0: For my sex writing cave, where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 38. This week, I'm getting personal, as usual, while talking about that moment when you feel like quitting and giving up. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer Podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Lancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Want to have a better way to keep track of your income? Do you need help tracking how much you owe in taxes? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed for all that and more. It's an invoicing system, a reporting tool, and a great way to keep up with receipts and payments. I use it to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of my expenses, and to pay my quarterly taxes. Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's great just for tracking your income, no matter how big or small. Save fifty percent off the cost for the first year when you use my special link, bitly/smutlancer. That's b i t . l y /smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes. Okay, y'all. So this topic is not really new because we have actually talked about quitting in the past. I'll link to the um, previous episode in the show notes if you haven't listened to that one yet. Um, and sometimes. Quitting is exactly what you need to do. That last episode was talking about why it is okay if you quit, when you need to quit, things to consider that that keeping on, keeping on isn't always the best option. Um, and sometimes you serve yourself better when you stop doing something, whether it's a tactic in your strategy to reaching your goals or when you move away from a goal that you thought was important. Um... So today's episode is not to negate all of that. I think it's sort of the other side of that desire to quit. And it is extremely personal to me because um, just last week prior to recording this episode, that was exactly what I wanted to do. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up. I was ready to walk away. I was ready to shut it all down. Except I really wasn't because it wasn't something that i thought and immediately felt a sense of relief which in my experience is how i know it's time to stop doing something um i had the thought and then i panicked um which i think if i'd been thinking kind of clearly at the time would have been the sign that wait no maybe you're not thinking about this the right way but that's where i started and i spent about four or five days just sort of stuck in my head um worrying and thinking and sort of freaking out a bit um, until I kind of found a resolution. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So not all feelings of wanting to quit are the same, nor do they come from the same place. So we've talked about imposter syndrome in the past. I've written a blog post about it. I'll link to that in the show notes. And sometimes it is that's exactly what it is. Your brain is trying to convince you that you are a fraud, that you shouldn't be doing this. Who are you to fill in the blank with whatever you're doing? And you start thinking about quitting, not because you don't still want it, not because you're incapable of it, but because you have. That's it's almost like the devil sitting on your shoulder thing, to borrow a trope. Um, another reason sometimes we want to quit is like you're not getting to your goal fast enough so why bother um I published the day before I recorded this on Monday I published a blog post where I sort of kind of talked about that feeling of wanting to quit and I had several people talk to me on Twitter after that went live and they talked about how they had quit and they had gotten rid of their blog and they deleted everything and yet they couldn't fully quit because they still have the urge to create the content, to have a blog, to talk to people, whatever their their thing was. And in further private discussions, what some of it seems to be is that they weren't reaching their goals fast enough. So they kind of did the, well, why bother? And they quit. That is a whole other conversation. And we have talked about that in bits and pieces in different ways. Um, I may come back to that because, um, the mom in me wants to to lecture everybody who feels that way, because it comes from a place of thinking that whatever your goal is, you are supposed to reach it faster than you are reaching it, that it is supposed to be quick because it looks like other people have gotten to where they are quickly. That is not true. We've talked about that before, but that's one reason some people quit. Um, Another reason of wanting to quit that is certainly legitimate. All all desires of wanting to quit are are legitimate. If you choose to quit, that's a legitimate thing. You are free to do that. But it's when you don't enjoy what you're doing anymore. When you're not even sure why you're doing it. You don't care about it. You um, feel a bit of apathy towards it. If that's how you feel about a thing um, that you once loved or you once were striving for, it's worth having sort of a conversation with yourself and trying to figure it out. But it's also worth quitting and moving on to do something else. In this particular episode, I'm talking about what I I hope, fingers crossed, is a common feeling, because I need to not feel alone, quite frankly, y'all, is that feeling of being overwhelmed by it all. Now, what I might be overwhelmed by might be different than what you're overwhelmed by. um, But I think that I need to believe that that is pretty common, that we have all of these things we're trying to do, and we have a life we're trying to to manage, and we have other responsibilities and things going on in our life that are either completely outside of our control or that we only nominally control, and we can't structure the exact perfect life for ourselves that we want, and we're not doing the things we really want to be doing, and we're not sure we ever can, and then, oh my God, we're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I can say from my own experience, this particular moment of feeling so overwhelmed that I just really, truly thought I maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm done. Maybe I can't do this anymore. Um, was different from the times when anxiety has overwhelmed me. Now we are all different. We all experience these things differently. Um, when it's for me, when it's my anxiety at my actual mental health condition, Um, making me feel overwhelmed. For me, it's like I can't breathe, like I just can't keep up where everything is moving faster than I am capable of moving. And it is a different feeling than the one I had this past week. Um, But There were some similarities because I did have that feeling like I couldn't keep up, but not that everything was moving fast, just like I have all these things I want to do and maybe I'll never do them. And so then what is the point? And I'm never going to get to the place I'm trying to go no matter how hard I work at it because I want to do all of these things and yet I'm not getting any of them done. And and I absolutely spun myself up to a point where I was not able to talk about it. I didn't even want to think the thoughts because some part of me was sort of convinced that if I allowed myself to explore the thought of what would quitting look like? What would that mean? How would I feel? That even by acknowledging the thought, I would somehow make it real, like like it would. I would bring it to life just by thinking it. Um, and it reminded me of, of something I've, I've heard many times. And depending on where I'm at, my headspace is, when I hear it, sometimes I think, yes, that is true. And sometimes I reject it out of hand. But that thought is, you can't believe everything you think, right? Like every thought you have is not a true and accurate thought. And quite frankly, I have to agree with that. Even if sometimes I hear that and I don't like that. <laughs> Um, I'm in a space right now where I can go, no, no, that, that is true. That is very true because I had had the thought of why not just quit it all. And I mean, not do Masturbation Monday anymore, not blog as Kayla Lords, not record a podcast, not just walk away, just walk away and just be a freelance writer, which, you know, I'm doing just fine at clearly and get my evenings back and get my free time back and get my thoughts back and stop obsessing over these goals that I have that I don't have any guarantee that I will actually make, that I I will ever get there, that maybe I don't know what I'm doing and I'm full of shit and wouldn't it just be easier if I just walked away? And to me, the answer of whether that was a valid thing that I really wanted was answered by my reaction, meaning that I was terrified of the reaction And I was terrified I was going to just up and, you know, hit delete on everything out of nowhere, and that that thinking something made it so, and I didn't necessarily want that. If I had been rational, and if I had spoken up and actually talked about it when it happened, I probably could have worked through that very quickly. That is not what happened. (laughs) So thinking something doesn't make it so, and I sometimes think, this might not be true all the time, but in general your first reaction to something is probably the more accurate reaction, the the truest reaction, because I think it's an instinctive reaction. Now, not all instinctive reactions are correct. And sometimes we, our instinct wants us to be fearful when there's no no need to be fearful. And sometimes it wants us to, to be uncertain when there's no need to be uncertain. But by and large, I think that that is probably the most accurate. So I'm not the only person who gets those feelings of being overwhelmed, who questions whether our goals are realistic, if they're really possible, what the hell am I doing? Who the hell do I think I am? Like we've had this conversation over the past 30 something episodes already. But from my experience, I want to talk to you about what I did to kind of help myself. And it's actually still an ongoing process. So I'm pretty sure there's plenty more to learn and plenty more to adjust and and deal with. But so then when it happens to you that maybe you have some tools in place to, to deal with it, maybe a little bit faster or a little bit better than I did initially. So the first thing you're feeling overwhelmed, you're not sure what the hell you should be doing, but you think maybe I should quit and maybe I need to give up and maybe this isn't for me and all, all those things. The first thing I advise is that you get the hell out of your own head. Um, those of us who are creative types, when we create content, we tend to be pretty deep thinkers. Like we are introspective people. That's how we're able to create. That's how you can build an entire world or talk about your deepest desires or explore the inner workings of sexuality and gender in a way that a lot of other people can't because you are introspective. And it is a talent and it is a gift and it is a skill, which means you might not have been born with the talent, but you can develop the skill. Um, and it is for some of us myself included it's kind of a powerful thing like i tend to trust my own thoughts more than i trust other people not everybody feels that way some people don't trust their own thoughts and that's a whole other issue um but falling into our heads tends to be pretty easy when when you're the creative type and so the hardest thing i would imagine at least it is for me is to get the hell out of your own head because it goes back to you can't always believe all the things you think And for me, what happens is I get a continuous feedback loop where the thoughts turn around on one another and they just go over and over looping in my head. And I come to no conclusions because it's me thinking about it and me being afraid and me with no outside perspective. So you have a lot of different options for this. Most of us already know what to do to get out of our head. It's a matter of reminding ourselves to get the hell out of our head. But in case you're not sure, Talk to somebody you trust. That can be a friend, that can be your partner, that can be just somebody that you, when you talk to them and and they give you a response, you trust them, you feel comfortable with them. Um, Somebody you rely on, somebody whose advice you respect and and their perspective you respect. Um, Because if nothing else, even if they can't, they don't have any wisdom for you. Saying the words out loud, getting them out of your head and out into the open air can make them a lot less scary. Now, I am fortunate. I have John Brownstone. It still took me five days, y'all, to have a conversation with him. But I did. And the moment I did, all the things I was scared of, that the thoughts would become real because I said them. I felt so ridiculous, like I said the things out loud, I could hear where I had legitimate concerns, but the moment they were out there, I kind of went, what the hell was I afraid of, what? And, and by saying them, by actually giving voice to those fears and those concerns, I realized that I didn't feel that way, that that's not what I wanted, that I did reject it out of hand, but that I could see what had been going on that might have led me to that point. Now, not all of us can talk to people um, the way I'm suggesting. Not all of us have a John Brownstone. I recommend getting your version of a John Brownstone, but those things take time, and you might not even want a John Brownstone. But I recommend, if I could clone them, y'all, I totally would. So if talking to somebody is not an option, We are creative people, y'all. This is a time for writing. And I know that journaling will not fix mental health and journaling does not fix problems. I am not saying that when you have a problem, if you just journal, it'll go away. That is, that's not it. But you, I believe you have to get out of your head. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, or if you're just not comfortable communicating verbally, and you can communicate through the written word. Journal it privately, or y'all, most of us are a bunch of sex bloggers. Blog the shit out of that. Caveat if you choose to blog about it. So, I think I've mentioned in the past, I don't like to broadcast temporary feelings either on social media or my blog for a lot of reasons. But one, because I know that's not a permanent state, and two, because some well meaning person will comment on something that I've already moved beyond. And then I have to deal with whatever their comment might be, whether it's well-meaning or it's triggering or it's whatever. But the wanting to quit, even if it was just for a little bit, was so momentous that I went, I'm going to blog about this. Now that I had talked about it, I'd already gotten out of my head, then I could look at it in a different angle and I could write about it. And of course, the thing that I dread is exactly what happened a very well-meaning person. Um commented and basically said things that hurt my feelings they were not trying to hurt my feelings they were they were giving their opinion i put my thoughts out there and left the comments open that means feedback is welcome right but they basically said you're doing too much you need to pull back you you everything you do is is suffering because you're doing all these things and they accidentally tapped into my biggest fear the thing I fear above all else, that I can't actually do these things that I do suck and that I'm not serving my audience. So before I responded and even before I let John Brownstone read it, I had I had to have a good cry <laughs> to deal with those emotions. Um, I did respond and I, you know, took them in the kind way that I'm assuming they were meant and I believe they were meant. And then I fundamentally disagreed. And the nice thing about that, even though it was kind of my worst fear about blogging my feelings come to life, um, was that it solidified how I feel about it instead of um, another moment where don't believe the thing you think, where, uh oh, I think that might be the worst, you know, an awful thing I'm doing. That doesn't make it necessarily true there is there room for improvement there's always room for improvement do i do maybe too much possibly um but it was it was one of those odd moments so whether you choose to write about it publicly where other people can see it and dissect it and give you, uh, you their opinion whether you are prepared for that opinion or not that's a personal decision but whatever it takes to get the thoughts from out of that, that loop in your head, that ongoing incessant loop that you, that you get caught up in and you can't necessarily pull yourself free, if you can't talk to somebody, write about it. Doesn't mean anybody ever has to read it, but get it out of your head so you can look at it from a different angle, Okay once you've kind of done that once you've sort of interrupted that thought loop and you can kind of look at what it is you're concerned about what it is you're feeling what's got you feeling overwhelmed what your fears are why you think you might be feeling this way part of what i did next was to think about what i really wanted like i was terrified of quitting because and i wasn't terrified of quitting i was terrified of the feeling i got for about 30 seconds when i said to myself self maybe I'll quit. Maybe maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe there's an easier way and it's not this path and maybe I should take the easy way out. And what scared me was that for the first probably minute, I felt nothing but relief. The idea of just working my client with my clients every day and calling myself done and having this sort of free life to just kind of do whatever I want with the rest of my time, that sounded amazing. And then it didn't. And then it scared me because it did feel so amazing. And my next thought was a rejection of that. And I created that weird feedback loop, right? So once I could get out of my head, and for me, it was talking to John Brownstone. So I was able to do this at the same time. I was talking to him and thinking about what I really wanted. What is it that I really want? Well, what I really want is to keep talking here at the Lancer and helping people. And I what I really want is to keep being over at Loving BDSM and helping people and creating that content and seeing what we can build over there. And you know, ideally, I'd like to come back and spend more time at my personal blog, just doing my little bloggy thing that I enjoy, but that's kind of a luxury right now. Um, and I want to make more money and I want to promote uh, my sites and I want to build audiences and I want to do these things. That is what I want. I want to eventually get away from client work. That is still also what I want. But I also want to reclaim some amount of free time, some amount of personal time, some amount of downtime so that I don't go through these cycles of work, decent days, and then work really, really long days till the point of exhaustion and then start that cycle again. Like there's got to be a better way. And thinking about what I wanted instead of what I was afraid of. So what I'm afraid of is that I won't get what I want and that I'm pursuing this goal and it's going to be meaningless and I'm going to pursue this goal and I'm just going to be exhausted and I'm still never going to reach the goal. Like that's the fear. When I focused on what I wanted and sort of acknowledged that fear, gave, gave air time to it to say, yes, that is what I fear, but then pivoted as quickly as I was capable of to what I actually wanted what I wanted was more solid to me. It it grounded me in a way that my fears couldn't ground me, because my fears are about the unknown. My fears are about the things that I don't know what will happen, and this is what I'm afraid of what will happen. And fear is a powerful motivator, unfortunately. Look at U.S. politics. Um, But hope and belief in the future is also a powerful motivator. And I cannot predict what's going to happen in the future. I have no way of knowing if I will reach my goal, if I will do this thing I'm trying to do. None of us know that. But I would rather move forward in a belief in something, in uh, with a goal and a purpose than live in the fear. So, when I could see them as two clear distinctions, the thing I hope for and the thing I'm afraid of. Once I allowed myself to say out loud the thing I was afraid of, and then say the thing that I hoped for, hope had more power for me than fear. So the fear is still there, and I have no doubt it's going to rear its ugly head at some point. This is just how this works. But it was easier to pivot to what gave me hope and what made me feel good and the things I really wanted and was striving for. So that is why thinking about what you actually want, once you've named what you're actually afraid of, to me, feels so important, feels, feels like that's kind of a catalyst, that if you can do that in an honest way with, whether by yourself or with somebody that you trust to give you a little bit of feedback, that you, you can focus on that more than you can focus on what you're afraid of. And when I say afraid of, I mean outside of mental health conditions like anxiety. Those kinds of things that might require medication or um, therapy, I I encourage everybody who has to deal with that to do whatever um, you need to medically um, do to take care of yourself because that can actually make all of it worse. And when you're in the middle of pure anxiety and a panic attack, some of this won't even touch it. It's just a whole different animal okay so this is outside of generalized anxiety this is sort of the normal day-to-day fears that everybody goes through that's not a blind panic where you can still think clearly okay so just putting that caveat out there now You've given voice to the fear. You've talked about it. You've gotten out of your own head. You're looking at it a little bit more clearly. You're thinking about what you actually want. And sometimes what you want is to quit. Like that that's a legitimate thing. And that is for people, some people, that's going to be the right answer. But if the answer is not that you want to quit, it's that you want to move forward in the thing that you thought that you might not be able to do, and now you're overwhelmed. Now you have to consider what you're willing to do and what you need to do to, to move forward that you might not necessarily want to do. So let me give you an example here. And this is something I'm still trying to figure out for myself. Part of the reason I tend to feel overwhelmed and like I'm always running behind time and that I don't have enough time is not that I don't have enough hours in the day, minus big client projects that I choose to say yes to, and I need to get better at saying no, quite frankly, um, I have plenty of time and the way I have structured my day, I have plenty of time to get my work done but I let myself get distracted. I let myself lose focus. I don't exercise the discipline that I need to in order to get stuff done. What do I mean by that? I mean that prior to this week that we're in as I'm recording, and hopefully future weeks going forward, um, when I'm working, I always had my Twitter Tab, open in a tab so I could when I would get bored or I was like oh I'm tired of writing this I'd go over to Twitter and I'd scroll and I'd talk to people and I'd have great conversations I'd have wonderful conversations or I would get lost in the you know nail-biting anxiety of the world that is sometimes Twitter um and I would lose the thread of my focus on what I was doing and I'd have to keep going back and forth back and forth and so things that should have taken me 30 minutes were taking me an hour. Things that I should have had done in a day were taking two or three days. And then throw in getting sick and not getting enough sleep from a long project. And all the things that I wanted to do in my blogging life that I kept having to push to the side because I had to get the client work done first and everything was taking me longer because I wasn't choosing to to focus on the right things. I have, and it's common, most of us go through it, I have such a fear of missing out and I have such a fear of being forgotten that if I don't pop in and say something, people will forget me. They'll think I'm not really there, they'll think I'm a slacker, they'll, uh, all these things, all these things that aren't true and all of these things that are only hurting me, not helping me. So that is, and this is just one example, One of the things I'm now doing is I'm limiting my Twitter time in a way that feels, it's a little liberating because I'm not on it. And so it's not sort of telling me what to think at any given moment. And also it's weird because that was a huge habit of mine. Um, So if I have something I want to tweet, I actually use my Buffer account um, to uh, send the tweet out and not be able to see the responses Um, I've already gotten into a habit of keeping my phone in another room so it can't distract me during the day. That was the first thing I learned how to do, and that was difficult too, but it was totally worth it. Um, and now, yeah, I'm keeping Twitter closed through my working day, and I'm trying to go in once, maybe twice a day to look at notifications and then get the hell out. Um, the other thing that we, John Brownstone and I are going to be talking about, and we've been talking about it for almost a year, but... uh, I feel much more serious about it is hiring a personal assistant, a virtual assistant. Um, part of the thought I kept having was, oh my God, I need somebody to manage me. And John Brownstone is not the right person for the job because he already manages me in our relationship and he's the perfect person for that job. But in business life, I need somebody different. Um, And so we are right now going through the sort of the cost analysis of what can we afford and can we afford it? And what does this mean? Um, And I had a little bit of a panic over that because I was like, oh my gosh, in order to afford this, I'm going to have to keep doing this kind of work. And then I was like, yeah, but that kind of work is easy and it's easy money. And if it helps you do your blogging thing, is it not worth it? And there was all these conversations going on. So those are the things that, you know, one thing I'm doing, I'm spending a whole hell of a lot less time on Twitter and going to try and get over the fear that everybody will forget me if I'm not on all the time. Um, and then I'm looking at what resources do I have to spend to make my life a little bit easier to get help doing the things that don't require the same creative skill, like to write, to create the content. That's gotta be me to publish something to social media, to format a blog post. Somebody else can do that, and if I can afford it, and I, knock on wood, I'm currently in a good position, I think, to afford that, then that's what I'm willing to do. What you are willing to do will be something completely different. Although, if I'm, um, I'm willing to guess <laughs> that most of us would probably be better off if we spend a little less time on social media. I think it is a source of a lot of anxiety for a lot of us. Like many of you, it is the only way I can connect to most of my friends, because most of my friends are in the sex blogging community. And so I would never give it up completely because I'd be, it's like cutting off my arm. Like there's a whole part of my world I would have to give up if I did that. But that doesn't mean we're supposed to be on it as often as we are on it. And I really think that it messes with us more, some, sometimes more than it helps us. But I know not everybody else can even fathom hiring a personal assistant, a virtual assistant. I get that. But what can you do? What are you willing to do that you know you probably should do, but you have put it off because it's a hard decision or it'll require that you change a habit? Or it means that maybe you have a, you do a little less leisure time stuff so that you can focus on work What We all have those things that we say to ourselves, self, you know, you should do this, right? Or, you know, this would be helpful. Or, you know, that that you said you wanted to try this, but you haven't tried it yet. Whatever that is, if it will help alleviate your fears or deal with the thing that got you stuck and feeling overwhelmed in the first place, this is the time to get really serious about those. Okay. And then finally... (laughs) Episodes getting longer and longer. Sorry, y'all. Finally, once you've done through all gone through all that, you've gotten out of your head, you've thought about what you actually want, not necessarily the panicky thoughts you were having, you've thought about what you're willing to do or to not do, what you're willing to stop, what you're willing to start, whatever actions you think will help you. Then the final thing is you gotta make a decision. Um my my mother a good Southern woman that she is uh, taught me an expression that I use frequently, quite frankly, shit or get off the pot, y'all. You have to, and that is difficult. That is difficult because you're making a commitment to go in a direction and you can't see what the result will be. You have no way of knowing if that's the right direction. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You get to change course anytime you want, but if you never move forward, make a decision, move forward, act on the decision, you never get the opportunity to change course because you're stuck at the starting point. You've never actually started doing the work to see if what you think you need to do is the right thing to do. And that is advice throughout all of your sweat lancing career. That's not just a, I've got to deal with this fear or this feeling of being overwhelmed or this thing that happened in this one moment. This is everything. So we're talking about wanting to quit. So your decisions are, do you quit? Do you take a break and sort of regroup and, and maybe rest and come back, recharged? I've done that before. Do you keep going? Do you go with these things that you said, I, this is what I need to do. And I think if I do these things, it will help me. So I will do these things and move forward and keep going. There's no right decision, y'all. Not one. But once you make a decision and you set forth in whatever direction that is, now you've, you've got forward movement. So that means as time goes on, a day, a week, a month, you'll see what that means in real time. And then you'll have more information where you can go, oh, oh, this is not working for me. Maybe you decide you'll quit and you quit and you just shut it all down. Please back up all your content. You will want it later. Um, You shut it all down. You walk away. You say, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. And a week two weeks, a month later, you go, oh my God, I miss it. Oh my God, what was I doing? That, That's not really what I wanted. What I needed was a break. Well, you've made the decision, you moved forward, you get to now pivot back, which is why you do not want to delete your content. You get to pivot back and say, nope, nope, change my mind, I'm going to do something different. Nobody who's a worthy human being is ever going to look at you and go, you changed your mind, you're not allowed to do that, you're a loser. First of all, the people who would do that are not people you really want in your sort of sphere anyway. Second of all, Hardly anybody is ever paying that much attention. Very few of us care so much about what other people are doing that we would do that. But third, the people who really do love you and cared about you and wanted you to succeed and support you, they're going to be excited that you chose to make a different decision and to come back. Let's say you make the decision to keep going in the way you have been going. And then you have another one of these meltdowns. And you go, I can't keep doing this. Well, guess what? You get to pivot or you'll do like me and you'll say like like i said trying to be on twitter less right and maybe i don't think this is the truth but maybe i find in two weeks that that is not helpful that i am no more productive than i was before i don't think that's true but let's say i do right guess what i get to decide that i don't think that works for anymore i can do something different that's the thing making a decision. Tends to paralyze some of us. Sometimes it paralyzes me. I can go into some deep denial about what I need to do and not make a decision and just stand still because I'm afraid of what the outcome of that decision might be because I don't have a crystal ball and I don't know if it's the right decision. Guess what? We never get to truly know if we're making the right decisions. We have to go based off intuition and the information we've gathered and the people we talked to and the research we've done and whatever else, whatever feels right. And we just have to try it. And so once you've gone through those steps and you hit that point of, this is what I think I need to do. Really the last step is to just then do it because if you find out that it was the wrong move, you can't fix it until you start. And if you find out it was the exact perfect right move, then you're making progress, which if you go back to what started this whole conversation was that feeling of wanting to quit because feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you can't do this anymore. Once you see signs of positive progress, it's easier to start believing that you can do it, that you can make progress, that you can reach your goals, whatever they might be. But you never get to that point if you never make a decision and then act on it. So you got to go through your own personal process here. Um, That was just my process. And I can't even promise that that would be my process the next time. It's the one that seems to have worked this time. This is the first time I've ever truly contemplated quitting. Every other time that the thought has entered my head of, "Do do I give up on the steady income of clients, which is not a brilliant idea, as that's what pays the mortgage, or do I give up on blogging? My first thought has up until now has always been, oh, uh, get rid of the clients before you get rid of the blogging. I'm not getting rid of the blogging. It was a visceral reaction. So I've had the mental conversation in my head before, but this was the first time that my brain went, well, you know, life might be easier if you didn't do this other thing, right? And that's what scared me. So I might use a different process next time. I might go through a similar sort of thought loop and have a different response. I might have a different kind of thought hit me that I have to deal with. Um, I do think that in general, the first step and the last step are pretty universal. You got to get out of your head so you can attempt to think reasonably about what it is that's going on with you. And then you have to go through whatever the messy process ends up looking like. And at the end, you have to make a decision to move forward. And not because you think that decision is the perfect, best, right decision, but because it's a decision and you cannot tell if you're going down the correct path until you at least start walking forward. And you have to remember that you can always shift. If that wasn't quite the right decision, you find out a day later, a week later, a month later, a year later, you shift it a little bit so that it becomes the right decision and you find your own path. Um, I have seen this meme a million times. I don't, ha- I need to have it saved because I think I should just share it frequently and it talks about the point of your starting point to your end point you know you start a goal and what success looks like and what most people expect is a straight line and what it really is is this awful awful squiggle that looks like you know a two-year-old tried to draw and it's just this messy loopy squiggly thing and it's not a straight line and that is probably the most accurate thing I can think of so you there are no perfect decisions Not everything you think is something that's worth believing. And if we don't get out of our heads more often, we will make ourselves crazy. And that is probably the best wisdom I can leave you with for this week, based on what I know to be true for me. So... Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smutlancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at thesmutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at kayla at with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week.